Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Although racism and bias have been long-documented issues affecting health equity, findings of a recent study published in Health Affairs indicates these issues may be more embedded in the U.S. healthcare system than originally thought. Examining electronic health records from an urban academic medical center, negative descriptors were significantly more likely to present in black versus white patients, with other factors such as insurance type, marriage status, and even the COVID-19 pandemic noted to influence the odds of having this potentially stigmatizing language in a patient's EHR. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with the first author on the study, Michael Sun, a medical student at the Pritzker School of Medicine at the University of Chicago, on the findings and steps that can be taken to increase awareness among clinicians of these stigmatizing descriptors. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Michael. Can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Well, I'm a third year medical student from the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine. I grew up uh, in the west suburbs of Chicago. Uh, And, you know, throughout my medical education, I've been very interested in um, healthcare disparities, racial disparities in health, um, as well as also the language that we use to describe our patients, uh, which really inspired a lot of this, this project of, you know, how do we, thinking about how we describe our patients and how we are documenting them in their medical record. And your study published in Health Affairs sought to investigate how racism and bias may be communicated in the electronic medical record. How was the study conducted and what trends were you particularly interested in learning more about? Mm-hmm. To walk kind of through how we developed our study. So what we first thought was, you know, we asked ourselves, what language are healthcare providers um, already using? So to do this, we reviewed a lot of literature, whether editorial or other scholarly studies, and generated a list of the, uh, you know, adjectives that uh, that healthcare providers were using to describe patients. And we called these negative patient descriptors. These are common words like non-compliant, resistant, challenging. And we took this list and we looked at a sample of patient charts to see how they were being used in the actual medical record. Um, you know, whether they were being truly used to describe the patient or whether it was something more out of context to like, uh, you know, resistant uh, bacteria. Um, and then so generating, you know, this list, these examples of, uh, you know, true negative sentences versus not, um, you know, out of context sentences. Uh, we use a sample to teach a machine learning algorithm to recognize negative descriptors and then apply this uh, to our entire data set. Um, so we found, you know, after analyzing over 18,000 patient records that black patients had a 2.54 times adjusted odds of being described with the negative descriptor in their medical record um, as compared to white patients. Um, you know, and other variables, uh, significant variables came up as well. Um, variables such as uh, patient insurance, you know, whether they're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have a private insurance. Um, or, you know, the setting of the healthcare uh, medical encounter, um, you know, whether the encounter took place in the emergency department, the outpatient environment, or the in-hospital environment. Um, you know, I can't really speak to necessarily, you know, each individual trend at the moment, but, um, you know, I think they're all very important to follow up on as far as uh, whether these uh, findings can be replicated in other patient population and be, you know, applied more broadly to different healthcare systems. And as you mentioned, uh, findings of the study showed a significantly disproportionate incidence of negative descriptors among black patients compared with white patients. Were any particular descriptors used more frequently among black patients? And how can the stigmatizing language in the EHR potentially exacerbate racial and ethnic uh, healthcare disparities? 
So based off of you know our machine learning algorithm and the way that the data was extracted, we're unable to determine which negative descriptors were used more frequently for different patients. Um, but in general, um, we are very concerned about how these descriptions of our patients may impact um, their relationship with their medical providers. Um, so let's say you're you know my patient from you know above the above example and. Um, you know, you're admitted to the hospital and the first note of your hospitalization describes the patient as angry and non-compliant. Um, other members of the healthcare team, that's, you know, the other medical providers, the other doctors, the nurses, the physical therapists, whoever might be, you know, playing a role in your care may read that initial first note, um, which is often, you know, our collective, uh, you know, first narrative and impression of the patient, um, and then be influenced um, in all of their future interactions with this patient. Um, and, you know, now this is also, you know, to say like, you know, in the next hospitalization. So uh, when we do chart review and we look at, okay, you know, what is this patient ill with? You know, what have they been ill with before? We'll look at that first note and we may then again, you know, read these descriptors and have a negative impression of our patient. Um, so in addition to all the systemic barriers that a patient faces, um, you have, you know, particularly for our minoritized patients, additional levels of bias um, that may be at play, you know, just in their medical record that they are, um, carrying with them, you know, unknowingly um, that other medical providers, you know, again, doctors, nurses, speech therapists, all will be reading that um, and, you know, having that impression with them and their engagements moving forward. I know this was not specifically part of the study, but assuming some patients have access to their electronic health records, would these negative descriptors appear on that? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So this study was done actually before the implementation of what we call the, the open notes policy, which is where patients have full access to their medical record. Um, as far as, you know, whether we'll see uh, a change, I think that other studies have shown that physicians are, you know, pretty resistant to changing our language. Um, there are studies that are done at institutions, you know, before and after um, implementation of the policy and showed that um, the way that we're talking about patients or the way that we're describing their medical care, whether that means, you know, making it more accessible for someone who isn't, you know, another physician or, um, you know, again, just maybe speaking in a more respectful manner, um, they don't see significant changes between like the, the pre-implementation and post-implementation. So I think that's one reason to think that, you know, maybe there won't be that much of a change. I think though, another thing that will play a role is, you know, how much the patients are able to um, I guess, advocate or, you know, I, or maybe more commonly, you know, just complain about the way that we're describing them. And I think that physicians pay very close attention to, um, you know, patients' preferences, actually. Um, you know, I think thus far that we've seen, at least anecdotally, um, you know, patients do get very, uh, uh, or at least impassioned about um, when we are discussing sensitive topics like weight or, um, you know, certain disease stigma, you know, uh, as far as like what their preferences and how we document that. Um, and I think that's very fair. You know, I think that um, patients should have a say in how they're being described, uh, no matter whether, you know, we're using strictly medical terms or not. Uh, but what I hope that our study does is points to additional ways that um, either we as, you know, healthcare providers do not consider um, how our patients may be affected and the patterns that we're using, um, or also to patients that, you know, um, this is sometimes what these words mean. And, uh, you know, it's not, while you know maybe objective, it's not certainly um, it's not certainly right or it's not certainly fair, uh, fairly applied. And you also found that notes written after the beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic were associated with decreased odds of having a negative descriptor in the EHR. Do 
you consider this as a result of the national spotlight around racialized uh, state violence and healthcare access during this time? And are there any other trends that uh, could explain this? You know, we certainly hope so. We wrote in our paper that we hope that, um, you know, whether it was, you know, the work of activists, Black Lives Matter activists during that summer, or whether it was the additional attention to health disparities, as you mentioned, um, you know, we hope that that's what did it. But we can't honestly say uh, it's going to take some follow up work to understand what exactly, you know, drove this change. Um, I think the important takeaway, though, from this finding is that um, healthcare providers can change their language. Uh, you know, I think as much cynicism as I expressed about, you know, whether healthcare providers will actually change on their own, um, I do think that this result clearly shows that, you know, for whatever reason, for maybe many reasons, um, healthcare providers can in fact change their language. Um, and this is, this is promising. It just means that maybe with more intention or, you know, maybe, maybe there were other overt uh, interventions that we just, you know, aren't accounting for, um, that it's possible. And it's not as difficult as, you know, people, people may think. Um, I think, you know, one worry that I have is that people engaging with our work might think, oh, you know, but, you know, what if, I, I, why can't I just use, you know, one word to describe the patient instead of, you know, typing out all the reasons and all the, um, the other narrative aspects. Um, but, you know, really, I, I don't think it's that much more difficult than, you know, what we are, we, what I think some people will assume that it will, it will be. And to follow on that, uh, what are some steps that can be taken to increase awareness among clinicians of these stigmatizing descriptors and subsequently reduce implicit bias? For sure. Um, you know, one, I think, very common uh, and, you know, somewhat encouraging response that I have gotten uh, after this publication is, um, you know, oh, like, I knew this all along. Um, this is exactly what I see in the day-to-day, -day, you know, my day-to-day -day work. Um, this is, I knew that, you know, that's exactly what they meant. And, um, I think it's encouraging uh, in the sense that, you know, it's real and, you know, people relate to it and can see it and will receive it more positively. Um, but I think what our study does, you know, in addition to adding to what was already known, you know, this, this sort of um, experiential truth um, is now, you know, data. And I think data goes a long way in healthcare and among healthcare providers to um, take concrete steps to change and, you know, make systematic steps to change. Um, I hope that, you know, when people are reading this, we might consider the way that we're teaching people to write notes. Um, so, you know, as a medical student, we, you know, had, you know, multiple lectures and, and workshops to sort of practice writing patient documentation um, prior to heading into the hospital. And, you know, if we can educate on, you know, the impact of our language, if we can um, try to teach these good habits and good practices before we um, enter the hospital space, um, you know, maybe that will have, you know, significant impact. Um, I think also, you know, changing what current providers, people who are already in the hospital, people who trained, you know, maybe even as, as late as decades ago, um, you know, changing their language and bringing this paper forward and bring other data to say, you know, the, the words that we're using have a significant effect and may be biased. Um, so, you know, let's change that. And I, and I hope that, um, you know, by focusing on these practices, the it's, it's really a technique almost, the language that we're using to describe our patients, changing this technique that, you know, we will be able to um, decrease the, the, the bias that we're seeing in the record. Of course, this doesn't necessarily address the implicit bias that's happening that motivates this. Um, you know, this would be addressing the symptom, but not the underlying cause. And for that, you know, implicit bias training and all, you know, many other suggestions have been put forward. Um, I think it's important to note, and it's something that we try to highlight in our study that, um, there are different systemic factors, uh, you know, beyond just that, that can't be addressed by implicit bias training. Um, we know that when resident physicians and other physicians are stressed and have other time constraints or, 
um, suffer from burnouts, that they're more likely to use stereotypes. Um, and so, you know, unless we change some of these, you know, broad structural factors that, you know, are, are plaguing or broad structural problems that are plaguing our healthcare system, uh, we won't truly eliminate um, all the bias that's, that, you know, that takes place in our, in our everyday work. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.